You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to share a week in the life of dinners at our houses. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I wanted to share about an awesome breakthrough we have had this summer with our dog's allergies. Ever since we got Tonks, she has had really itchy skin. She got itchy every summer that we lived in Nashville, so much so that she would have to wear the cone sometimes so she wouldn't chew her skin. And we tried lots of things, like we thought it was a flea allergy, so we tried different flea treatment stuff. Then we thought it was a food allergy, so we actually made homemade dog food for a while. Mm, I don't think I knew that. That didn't work. And she was miserable and she would lick and it would wake Andrew up and so he would get frustrated. And last summer, the vet we were going to recommended that we try a new anti-itch pill, which actually worked pretty well. But then they didn't want her to be on it at the high dose she was on long term. So we needed a different solution. And this summer, there has just been released a shot called Cytopoint, which isn't a drug. It's an antibody. So she just doesn't feel itchy. Okay. And it is a game changer. She's not licking in the night. She hasn't been in the cone yet. She's eating much better, I think, because she's much more comfortable. Listeners, if you have itchy dogs, ask your vet about it. It has changed our life. Do you think you're going to have to use that year round or is it mostly just a problem in the summer that you'll go off it as it cools off? She never really stopped being itchy this past winter. So I think it remains to be seen. How the treatment regimen kind of works is that they give it three months in a row, and then you just get it as needed. Very good news for your family. Yes. Sarah, what's been happening with you? I have been really feeling connected in Bloomington. Oh, so nice. As a person who moves a lot, it takes a while till you get to the point where you're running into people that you know when you go to the farmer's market or when you go to the park. And this summer, I really feel like we've gotten to that point. Mm. We just had our two-year anniversary in Bloomington in July. And part of it, I think, is in a town with four seasons, the summer is just so much more social mm. that mm-hmm. people are at the park and the pool's open. And at the farmer's market, people aren't just grabbing what they need and running back home. They're staying and socializing and hanging out. It's just felt really nice as a family to have that sense of community here in mm-hmm. this place that we're hoping to be a long-term home. That sounds awesome. Let's move on to what we've been reading. Last week, I finished Euphoria by Lily King. This is a novel that is about three anthropologists studying Native people in New Guinea in the 1930s. And this was my pick for my other virtual book club. And I actually didn't know this as I was reading it, but it's based loosely on the life of Margaret Mead. Mm. And the three main characters are Nell Stone, Fenn, who's her husband, and Bankson, who's a British anthropologist. The narration shifts between Nell and Bankson, and it felt a little bit like State of Wonder by Ann Patchett and also Signature of All Things by Liz Gilbert. So both ones with female scientists sort of doing exploration and also Native people are involved. Yeah, that international component is in both of those. Yeah. I really liked the characters. And the plot was really compelling. It made me want to keep listening. Actually, listen to this one on audiobook. 
I liked that it raised questions about science and whether human beings can truly be objective. Also, it made me think about whether anthropologists from the West even have a right to be studying Native people Mm -hmm. because those are sort of big topics. I was really glad to have book club to talk about it with. It sounds a lot like the book The People in the Trees Mm. by Hanya Yanagihara. And she wrote the book A Little Life that I talked about back in January. Mm -hmm. But The People in the Trees is that same, what does it mean to be a Westerner in a Native population? And that is very complicated, both in what their conclusions are, what those mean, and how that affects the people there, and just their presence in general. And that was also a book club book that I was grateful to have a place to discuss it because as I was reading it I felt like there was so much there but that I couldn't quite organize how I felt about it at the time that Mm -hmm. I needed some space and other perspectives to help me think about it more deeply yeah so that was what I liked I didn't love there's some sexual violence which is hard for me to read and so it's just something to be aware of I also thought that the readers were pretty good so if Listeners are looking for good audiobooks. This would be a good one. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read something much lighter than what you are describing. (laughs) I read When Dimple Met Rishi, and it is by Sandia Menon. This is a book I heard about from Molly Westerman's newsletter that she sends out. Mm. And I thought, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to read that. And then forgot about it. But it came up in our Instagram feed from a bookstagrammer. And I thought, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be reading that. And then I actually did put it on hold. (laughs) It is just a really nice summer read. It's a YA romance featuring two Indian Americans, and they have just finished high school and are getting ready to go to college. And the premise is they're both attending this summer camp in San Francisco that is for programmers. And she is going because she wants to be a programmer Mm -hmm. and she's really excited about it. He is going because unbeknownst to her, their families have decided that they would be a good match and want them to get married. And so they've arranged this for them. And her family was probably supposed to tell her, but they didn't. Mm. But he knows. He knows who she is. And he doesn't know that she doesn't know. Oh, So that's the setup. Mm -hmm. It plays out as you would expect a YA romance to play out. There weren't really big surprises in it. Mm -hmm. I loved that happy, easy feel as I was going through it. Mm -hmm. But there were still some bigger themes happening that her ideas about feminism and how that clashes with some of her parents' ideas Mm. and her ideas about her future versus her parents and Rishi's idea about what he wants to do and pursuing what he loves versus doing what's expected. So I felt like there was more to it than just the romance aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was fairly formulaic. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it if you're just in the mood for something fun. On the night where I just really needed a break from parenting and I left the house to go to a coffee shop, this is the book I brought. And it was perfect for that. Sounds like it would be a good beach book, too. Yes, it was very enjoyable. Let's move on to our topic for today, a week in the life of our dinners. We clearly love talking about food and thought it would be fun to take a one-week snapshot to show what real-life dinners look like for us. 
I got this idea from the mom hour because a few months ago they did an episode where they shared what they ate for a week. I found it fascinating since I love hearing about the ins and outs of how families eat and reassuring to know that there are other families that went from the idyllic perfect meal one day to cereal the next. (laughs) There's going to be plenty of that this episode. (laughs) I'll be sure to share the link to that episode in the show notes so you can check that one out too if you're interested. Let's jump into the week. Abby, what did you eat on Monday? My mom was in town and she made pastizio, which is a Greek layered pasta dish and it's ziti. Okay. And then there's a ground beef and some tomato paste and spices layer, then more ziti noodles, then bechamel on the top. Mm. It was amazing. She wanted to make it for us because she lives by herself, so she rarely cooks something giant like that that's going to last a long time. Right. And then I made a kale salad with lemon juice. What'd you eat on Monday, Sarah? Our Monday looked pretty different from that. We have been doing a lot of the pool in the afternoon. HP has been taking swim lessons, and in general, that's a good time for us to go because the pool doesn't open till 11. So it's a little bit late for a morning activity, and in the afternoon, it's hot. The problem with that, of course, is that is also the time I'm normally preparing dinner. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, I'll do an Instant Pot meal beforehand or prep most of the things beforehand. This day, I just went to the pool without a plan. (laughs) Sounds fun. So around the time that I knew Neil was getting home, I sent him a text and asked him to chop up the potatoes that we had from our CSA, slice some cucumbers, and cook some eggs. I also made a yogurt dill sauce for the cucumbers. So the kids ate the cucumbers plain, and they like to pretend they're birds and that the cucumbers are worms. Hmm. Not quite sure how that started, but if it works for them. Yep. (laughs) And then we ate it with the yogurt sauce. Eggs and potatoes are a pretty general staple for us. If there is no plan, eggs are the plan. So that was Monday. So on Tuesday, we ate lentil quesadillas. And this is something that we have a lot. And I first heard of this concept from Kelsey of the Girl Next Door podcast. I think she blogged about it as something that her toddlers are happy to eat and also a nice way to add more protein to a quesadilla. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't love to put tons of cheese in a quesadilla, but sometimes you're still not satisfied after eating all that cheese. So I cook the lentils on the stove because I don't love how much they fall apart in the Instant Pot. Doesn't it make it hard to eat, though, then, when they're whole? I'm not totally on board with this lentil quesadilla idea. Yeah. And I love lentils, as listeners know. (laughs) But don't they fall out? What holds it together? The cheese. Okay. So you do a tortilla, some cheese, lentil layer, more cheese, and then tortilla. And so then the cheese melts down and makes it a nice sort of, (laughs) like... Listeners can't see. I'm gesturing. (laughs) Abby's doing some hand motions here. It's like a little scaffold and the lentils are hanging out on the cheese scaffold. I can see that. I think I could get on board, but I would need to cook mine until they fell apart and then maybe blend them with some sweet potatoes. I feel like I would Hmm. like that flavor profile. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty good. We do a lot of bean quesadillas, Mm -hmm. so that's similar, but I do the refried beans where they're all pureed. You know I like my legumes in pureed form. Yeah, you just don't love a whole legume. I don't. The other reason that I cook these is because Harris Teeter was doing this mega cheese sale. I think Mm. I've talked about this before, but they sell the shredded cheese in the bag. Buy two, get three free. It's amazing. 
how can you make any money doing that? From all the other stuff you buy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But they have a really good chipotle cheddar mm. or chipotle jack maybe. Yeah. But it's a spicier cheese, which is for quesadillas. Is it like pepper jack cheese where there's little bits of it in there? Or is it like a powdery thing on top of the cheese? Yeah, I think there are little bits of pepper in there. Okay. So Tuesday we went to the pool again, but this time I planned ahead because Neil actually had a late meeting that night and HP had been asking if we could bring dinner to the pool because every afternoon when we've been going, I tell him that we have to go home to eat dinner. Mm. So he had been suggesting, why don't we bring dinner to the pool and then we can stay longer. That's fun. We had planned to meet two friends there and I made a black bean salad. See, I like whole legumes sometimes. I like black beans whole. So it had black beans with uh, green pepper and corn. I cooked corn on the cob and some of it I just saved to eat as corn on the cob. And then some of it I sliced off to go in the salad. Nice. And then red onions and lime juice. That sounds really good. And then we had the corn on the cob, some sliced bell peppers, and maybe that was it. The kids mostly ate the corn on the cob because that is my children's favorite food of the summer. But the black bean salad was also delicious. Do you do anything special to the red onions or just throw them in there raw? I did it raw, but I use a chopper. Mm. I don't know if you have one of those where you pound on it. It makes a really oh, loud yeah. noise and then chops things really small. Mm-hmm. And I don't use that a lot because I feel like it's annoying to clean and just more parts and I don't always want to. But for things like this, I do want the onion pieces really, really small, mm-hmm. smaller than I can do it with a knife. So I did that. Yeah. And I would say it was a little oniony. I feel like the red onion I used was a little bit strong and it could have done with about half as much. I really struggle with raw red onions. I have had success soaking them in ice water in the past, Hmm. which takes out some of the bite. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, I learned that from one of Andrew's cousins. On Wednesday, I woke up to find that the chicken I had cooked in the Instant Pot the day before that was cooling on the stove Mm -hmm. to go into the fridge had been left out all night. So we had frozen food, Trader Joe's mandarin orange chicken, which... When the girls next door just did their Trader Joe's episode, Erica referred to this as chicken nuggets, which basically it is with the sauce. Wait, so is it like chicken and then sauce on the side? Is that how it comes? It does come like that. You heat up the oven, bake the chicken, and it actually gets nice and crispy with the breading. Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to heat up the sauce and pour it over. Mm, Okay. It's just basically like orange chicken at a Chinese restaurant. So we had that and frozen broccoli. And Plum does not eat that yet. It's a little too chewy for her with the breading. So I made what I refer to as pantry food, where I get a (laughs) bunch of dried goods out of the pantry. So in this case, it was lentils and quinoa. And then I mix a lot of cheese and butter with it. So it sort of sticks together in little balls and she can eat that. So you cooked separately? Like, do you cook the lentils and quinoa like in the Instant Pot together or separately? Or the lentils were left from the day before. Okay. From the quesadillas. So they'd been cooked on the stove. The quinoa I also cooked on the stove, dumped the lentils in and stirred them up and seasoned them some with like garlic powder and smoked paprika and stuff. Sounds good. What do you do with the frozen broccoli? Do you just steam it? Do you do it with cheese? I just dump it in to a pan and put a little water in the bottom. Uh huh. And then we just get it out with tongs. We do salt it. Okay. Some frozen vegetables when I put a when I cook them I do put butter on, but not broccoli. I don't think I've had frozen broccoli in a long time. I imagine that as being one of the frozen vegetables that disintegrates a little bit more, that doesn't hold up as well. 
The Trader Joe's frozen broccoli seems to stay pretty crispy if you catch it early enough. Okay. It does get a little mushier if you cook it a long time. Mm. I tend to let it go a little longer because Plum likes frozen broccoli and she likes it to be softer. She doesn't mind when it falls apart. I think of frozen broccoli as being more in soups, like cheesy soups, Mm, and mm -hmm. then it kind of you want it to disintegrate or in casseroles. I basically think of it in all cheesy things because I'm thinking of cheesy casseroles. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. So on Wednesday, I was having a really hard day in parenting and life, (laughs) and I really just wanted to order takeout. I think I voxed you about that basically all afternoon, Mm -hmm. how much I wanted to eat pizza. You did. And... (laughs) But we have a lot of food in the pantry and in my refrigerator. So I have trouble justifying that when there is food to eat. Mm -hmm. And so I said, pull it together, Sarah, and just cook some food. So that is what I did. I made a red lentil soup, which is the same one I talked about in our very first episode. And it's like a red lentil curry. And then cooked rice on the stove. And sliced some carrots with yogurt, which, I mean, I sliced carrots and was also planning to have plain yogurt. (laughs) And HP calls that dessert right now for some unknown reason. Roll with it. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this is my dessert. And then he dips carrots into plain yogurt and eats it. And he saves it for the end of his meal as well. I love it. But then it came to be dinner time, and I really did not want to eat red lentil soup. It just, I wanted something with more fat. I've been there. It was seemed too healthy and not substantial. So I still was not ready to order the pizza yet. So I made egg drop soup, which is another (laughs) thing I really love. And I felt like that would give me, the eggs would give me more of the fattiness I was craving. Mm -hmm. And it was really delicious. But Neil came home and I still really wanted pizza. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, he was taking over parenting duties. And I went back into my room with my book and ordered pizza. Love it. And then it arrived right as HP was going to bed. And I answered the door and took the pizzas. And he said, what's that? And I said, nothing. And took it to the kitchen because <laughs> I didn't want to deal with him having any. And then I ate a lot of pizza that night while watching Parks and Rec. And it was amazing and worth the $25. <laughs> yeah, I've totally been there where, you know, something another night would taste so good to me. But I've had a tough day or, you know, I'm just not in the mood for it. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to need is to cook some frozen french fries. And this is exactly like what we talked about in the household management episode where I need to have control over the food. Mm. And in this case, I did have control over the food and I knew I didn't want to eat that. And it's like, that's the problem is I need to just cook what I want to eat. And Mm -hmm. my mistake was thinking that I should just cook something so we could have a homemade dinner because... Then no one ate it. <laughs> Wait, no one ate it? Uh, Neil ate it. My kids didn't. They ate the carrots and the yogurt and the egg drop soup. Your Wednesday was a lot like my Thursday, <laughs> where I just couldn't deal with it. Originally, the plan for Thursday was going to be leftovers from chicken enchiladas, which I was going to cook on Wednesday from the chicken I threw away. <laughs> so I would have really loved to have eaten those enchiladas on both of those days. But Mm -hmm. it was a rough day on Thursday, parenting-wise, deadline-wise. So we had frozen dumplings and frozen french fries. And Plum ate pantry food again. Oh, the one thing I did do for, for the dumplings was to look up 
uh, gyoza dipping sauce recipe and I had all the things and I made it and it was really good. Dumplings sound amazing right now. We're both recording this a little bit hungry, which is problematic. Kind of a mistake. (laughs) This was the week where things really came to a head with my lack of childcare. I very distinctly remember having a conversation with you at the beginning of the summer about how I was going to need to have a regular babysitter in July after all of my planned childcare and traveling was done. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do that. So at the end of July, I was feeling a little stressed. On Thursday, we had lots of leftover red lentil soup that no one ate the night before. (laughs) Exactly. So that is what my family ate. And then I left and got sushi from Kroger and ate that Mm. and then went over to a friend's house and hung out with two other moms there. And there was quite a spread of deliciousness. I got some cheese and crackers to bring and there was lots of other yumminess So that was a really delicious night for me, for my family. It was just more of the same. But that was another benefit of ordering the pizza the night before is that there were more leftovers. So it could stretch for two nights because it's really rare for us to have a straight up leftover night as we might get into that more later. But with needing to feed our whole family and have that food also be lunch the next day, Mm -hmm. it's just hard to have one meal last for those four meals. See, the pizza was a good thing on all counts. Sure was. (laughs) So Friday night, we had beans and rice, black beans in the instant pot, rice on the stovetop. Also, I cooked another chicken that day. They were Mm. on clearance again at the co-op. So that was a big day for our instant pot. It's days like that that I think about getting another instant pot insert. So that I could just take the beans out and set them on a trivet and then put the rice in and not have to do the whole boiling or Mm -hmm. not have to wash in between the chicken and the beans, which is what I did. Right. Beans and rice is something that still feels delicious and special to me, maybe because we put so much of that Harris Teeter sale cheese on it. Mm -hmm. Normally for Friday night dinner, I want something that's like a little junk Mm food-ish and beans and rice feel like that. So it was delicious. So we also had beans and rice that night, which is one reason we're friends. And I run into the same problem where I did the rice on the stove and the beans in the Instant Pot. Mm -hmm. I often do the beans earlier in the afternoon, and then I just dump them into the colander, wash the insert, and Mm -hmm. then do the rice. But this was another pool afternoon for us. So I was cooking both of those things at the same time early and Mm. couldn't stagger, which I don't mind that much doing the rice in the stovetop, but it is nicer in the Instant Pot. And then I sent Neil a text again when I knew he was on his way home and asked him to chop some tomatoes from our CSA. And then we usually eat ours with plain yogurt mm. and salsa. Yeah. And usually vegetables, but we were kind of out of other vegetables. So tomatoes was the the one fresh addition that we had to it. And I also love rice and beans. And we have that probably at least once a week. Usually not more than once a week, but it's a regular when I'm making our meal plan like okay well we'll have beans and rice because we always have beans and rice and we really love it Mm -hmm. we love it too do you always have black beans sometimes we do pinto but usually black okay what about you guys always black when we do beans and rice so saturday i made the sour cream chicken enchiladas that Mm. i had been wanting on wednesday i've been craving those (laughs) probably because i've been eating them all the time and telling you about it 
I even signed up. I've never made them before and I'm a really, really need to have them. I signed up to make a meal for a neighbor that just had a baby. Mm-hmm. I was reading their list of likes and dislikes and they don't love legumes, mm-hmm. which is usually my repertoire. Yeah. So I was thinking of other things and I thought, mm, I can do what I know you have done before where I make each of us a pan mm-hmm. of chicken enchiladas and then I can enjoy them. Yeah. One whole chicken would be enough for two pans. Mm, perfect. Were your enchiladas everything you hoped they would be? And more. Love it. (laughs) On Saturday, I had gotten some sausage on sale at the co-op. And we always get bread when we go to the farmer's market. So I plan to make our egg and sausage casserole, which is usually our Christmas morning dish. Mm. That is something that at home we never had any time besides Christmas morning, Mm -hmm. but I really like it. So I've been including it in other seasons of the year. You're opening my eyes to a lot of possibilities. I do that too, where I'm like, oh, that's just for Christmas morning, but it's good. We should eat it more. Why? Exactly. And so this is a great one because you're supposed to let it soak for a while. Mm -hmm. The recipe I have says to soak it overnight because we always have it in the morning. But I can make it earlier in the day and just have it ready to go. And then it makes the afternoon feel really relaxing, especially on the weekend when we're hanging out as a family or trying to accomplish other stuff like house projects for Mm -hmm. it not to feel quite as stressful. Genius. And the kids both really like it, too. On Sunday, we ate pasta salad, which I've talked about before. I made it in the afternoon right before lunch. And I think Andrew ate it for lunch because he went to a drum corps show hmm. with a friend of ours that night. Did he know anyone in the drum corps? No, but this friend of ours is really into drum corps because he was in a drum corps. Okay. And he wrangled Andrew into going with him. Nice. They did that, and I ate it myself. Plum also eats and loves this. Can you remind listeners what else is in the pasta salad? Yes. So I use small spiral pasta and peas. Salami, cheese, usually I use pecorino, and then chopped bell peppers of any color. This one's going to be on my list for the next week when I do grocery shopping. I've been craving that light but hearty Mm -hmm. feel, and I feel like this will do it. It's also really good if you're into something really salty Mm. because the cheese and salami, and then Mm -hmm. I put salad dressing on it. I feel like after a hot day, that's what I want to eat. I do love my sodium. Me too. So Sunday for us was dinner at the park. There are concerts in the park on Sundays in the summer. And so we've gone the last two weeks. But the first week I kind of forgot it was there. And we went really late. Sort of a disaster with kids' bedtimes. (laughs) Then last time it was still felt like all kind of a rush to get there. And so this time I planned ahead and thought, let's just have dinner there. And so we got there very early and had a variety of things. I feel very flush with food on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the week, which for us is Friday in terms of food preparation, Mm -hmm. things are looking a little bare. Yes. And that's why beans and rice is often what we have then because we always have beans and rice, even when everything else is gone. Mm -hmm. But on the weekend, we just picked up our fruit CSA, we just picked up our veggie CSA, we just went to the farmer's market, and we usually also made a co-op trip. So I feel like we have all the food. Mm. So we did beets cooked in the Instant Pot, slathered with butter and salt, Mm. corn on the cob, 
chopped peppers and cucumbers. And then I made a cucumber salad with cucumbers and tomatoes and then the yogurt dill sauce on top of it. Mm. But Mm -hmm. the kids prefer it plain. So that's why we had the chopped peppers and cucumbers for them separate. And then cheese and crackers. I had the good fortune of stopping by Kroger when they had a ton of delicious cheese on sale. Awesome. We don't go to Kroger that often, but when I do, I always check the cheese section to see if they have the half-off cheese that's getting close to its date. Mm -hmm. And they had so many good ones. It was really hard not to buy it all. Mm -hmm. The problem with me and cheese is if I bought it all, I would still just eat it in two days. (laughs) So... So I can't just get it and save it. So I did buy three. One was a goat cheese, the Boucheron, which is really good Mm -hmm. that I like. It's more crumbly in the middle and then has some oozy part along the edge. Amazing. And then your favorite cheese that you talked about and introduced me to on our favorites podcast, which is St. Angel. And then my favorite one that I talked about, which is Formage Daffinois. Oh, my gosh. Cheese jackpot, Sarah. Yes. So we kept that back and presented everything else for the kids to eat and then brought it out at the end because otherwise they would eat all my cheese and I would be very sad. (laughs) Also, that's like you're having a fancy cheese course or something. And I love that they love that kind of cheese. So I want to encourage that, but they would not eat any of the other stuff if the cheese was available at the start. I sympathize with them. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And that was just a really lovely evening. It was perfect weather. We ran into friends, enjoying sitting on a hillside, listening to great music. My kids are old enough to be away from me where I can have my eyes on them, but not be right there. Mm -hmm. And it was a lovely end to the week. Nice. Okay. So that is what happened on a random week in the summer of our lives. But looking back on the week, did it feel fairly normal for you? And if not, what was different than usual? I think it was pretty typical. Lately, I felt like I'm handling meal planning and cooking less well. I'm in less of a routine with it. I'm not doing the planning and then the big shopping. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants a little bit and taking a late afternoon walk to the store many days. I also feel like, and I'm not sure... If you have this experience, Sarah, but toward the end of a season of cooking where I've been cooking a lot of the same things and they don't feel that exciting anymore, I feel like I'm in a rut a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's the end of sort of spring and summer food. We still have a ways to go before fall food will be appropriate. So I'm just a little bit sick of our kind of standby dishes. I hear that in that I often feel like I'm in a food rut of just eating the same thing. But I think my problem is I don't have enough spring and summer dishes because Mm. I want something so hearty that it's hard for me to get away from our soups and stews and these things that feel more filling to me because a lot of summer dishes feel too light and that I eat it and then I'm still hungry. Mm -hmm. So I actually feel like I really need to incorporate more things like the pasta salad you're describing that have that summery feel, but then still are substantial Mm -hmm. because I cook very seasonally inappropriate food all summer long. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a normal week for you? It feels a little different than most weeks of the year, just that 
there were so many pool days. Mm -hmm. Having three afternoons where I was at the pool is not normal. I usually do not leave the house in the afternoon. We go out almost every morning to do something, but I like to be home in the afternoon and not to feel rushed cooking Mm -hmm. and let the kids play in the backyard. I can put on a podcast. I can get stuff done and work on it at a leisurely pace. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't feel bad, but it did feel like not our usual. Yeah. And I'm glad we're taking advantage of it. The pool is not going to be open that much longer and it's been really, really fun. But I do look forward to having more home afternoons once pool season is done. Mm -hmm. So on the days like we both had this week where it feels like way too much work or you're just craving something that you don't have in the house, Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that? Do you plan ahead? Have the frozen food? What's your backup plan? When I'm meal planning, which I didn't really do this week, but when I'm meal planning, I try and build in a night that is frozen pizza or grilled cheese or a quesadilla, Mm -hmm. something that does feel, like I said, more junky and a little bit more fun. If I don't plan, which I didn't, we almost always have tons of frozen prepared food A lot from Trader Joe's, but also a lot of frozen pizza. I would say I'm a food overbuyer. If I'm somewhere and things I like are on sale or I'm at Trader Joe's, which I only go to maybe once a month, I tend to really buy a lot of the things that I like and really fill up our freezer and fill up the pantry. I think my problem is that I'm overly optimistic when I do the meal plan. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, yeah, I am going to cook seven meals this week. It's going to be great. I'm going to want to cook all of these things. And so I don't prepare the way that you are. I also wonder if I had a lot of those delicious kind of things in my freezer, how long they would last. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I might fly through them. Interesting. I hear you on the sort of aspirational versus actual self issue. Mm -hmm. I've been there before with meal planning, but not lately. All the freelance work that I'm doing, plus the full-time parenting, has made me see that aspect of my life really realistically. (laughs) So very rarely do I (laughs) overplan. It's more that I just don't plan anything. (laughs) The other thing that we have... That's always available because Andrew takes leftovers for his lunch every day. So I tend to try and think ahead a little bit so that he has something that's available. But what I've been doing recently is every time we cook beans and rice, I just put one serving, rice on the bottom, cheese in the middle, beans on top, into a container that I just freeze. And so there's almost always one of those in there that he can just grab. And if he gets it out the night before, then it thaws. But if not, he just microwaving at work anyway. So it doesn't matter. I've been trying to do a little bit more of that. When we have random leftovers, I often don't want to eat them for lunch. I like eating random stuff that we have in the fridge for lunch. But Neil likes taking leftovers for his lunch. Mm -hmm. Since we cook most every night, he's usually moving on to the newest leftover. So if I didn't finish whatever it was, The day after, Mm -hmm. sometimes it just ends up getting composted. So I have now, if I know the next day I look at it and think, I'm not going to eat this, I've been putting it 
in a container and putting it in the freezer. So I don't feel like I need to make a dinner that is going to have leftovers every night. Mm-hmm. Because part of the problem with doing things like quesadillas or grilled cheese, which we also love, or eggs, yeah. is there's not leftovers the next day. Right. And then if we didn't plan to have other lunch stuff, there's often really not a good option to take. Mm-hmm. You know, one day we had some extra black bean burgers and I thought, I'm not going to eat all these and put them in the freezer. And I think even one night this week that we talked about, Neil brought those. Mm-hmm. So that's been a good strategy because I haven't had a lot of success freezing whole meals. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what's not working with that. But I have these ideas of wouldn't it be great to have this whole stock of homemade meals, but... Now that we're talking, I actually think the problem is that I do want to eat something junky. And so I don't Mm. want to eat my frozen lentil soup because I would just make lentil soup if I wanted to eat lentil soup. Mm. And it's not that hard to make it an instant pot. So it's not very appealing to me on the nights that I don't want to cook to get out one of those options that I normally cook. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. What has worked for me in the past is to freeze the sort of junkier meals. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the more special ones. So, you know, when you make a lasagna, make two and freeze one. Right. Or enchiladas. Enchiladas, exactly, is another one that works really well for that. But I'm sympathetic. I don't want to eat frozen lentil soup either. So in general, the thing I think I could do better is say one of these nights we are just eating this bready, cheesy meal that's going to be really easy Mm -hmm. to put together at the last minute. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing is that you just make grilled cheese or quesadillas right as you're ready to eat them, as opposed to some of these other things that you need to plan in advance and will just be coming off rest time and I'm not inspired to do it and it gets closer and closer and closer and Mm -hmm. I need to have the ingredients to make that stuff and I think I don't always do that on the weekend because I think, oh, no, I have plenty of food. Look at all these vegetables and legumes I have. (laughs) And that just doesn't always cut it. Right. Let's end the show as usual by talking about food. (laughs) Some more. (laughs) So what I've been eating lately are popsicles. Oh, my gosh. Yum. And I have been... Wanting to get a popsicle mold for a while, I'd been hearing other people talk about having popsicles in the summer and just how nice that sounded, but never got around to actually making any progress on that. But we were at a garage sale last weekend, and they had two little popsicle molds that had four little popsicles each. And I thought, that's perfect. And got them both for a quarter. Awesome. And they seemed kind of flimsy. And I thought, I wonder if they're actually going to pull out correctly so that it is a popsicle Mm. or if it looked to me like the thing would just slip out. And that has turned out to be fairly accurate. (laughs) So we need to make a few adjustments to them. Neil, of course, looked at it and said, this is a terrible design. Why didn't they put holes in this part that would help it? Blah, blah, blah. So now we're cutting into them with X-Acto knives to make it so that they work a little better. Perfect. (laughs) But we have tried three different varieties. One was chocolate banana peanut butter with Mm. coconut milk as the base. So just blended that up in the Vitamix, poured it in. What kind of chocolate? Just cocoa powder. Okay. And that's how we make chocolate smoothies just to eat in general. Mm, And mm so took that same recipe, froze it. That was really yum. Then we did a key lime one Mm. where I made a simple syrup and then lime juice that I had left over from the key lime bars that I made Yes. A few weeks ago. Uh Uh-huh. And then more of the coconut milk that was left over from the other batch of the popsicles. Amazing. 
That was really good. It was a little icier that mm. the chocolate one was really creamy and felt more like a fudgesicle. Mm-hmm. But I was wanting something more fresh and summery. And mm-hmm. this definitely did the trick. And then the one we made today was just coconut milk and peach. I had a peach from our CSA that had a lot of bruises. Just threw that in and froze it. That has just been a really fun, summery thing and definitely worth a quarter investment. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really good. So I've been eating Nora's spinach dip with salt and pepper potato chips. Often when Andrew gets home, he's in the mood to eat something right then. And so it's nice to have a little bit of a salty snack. Mm -hmm. So this dip is one that I'll do. You buy the little packet of seasonings. Okay. And then you do a frozen spinach. So you cook the frozen spinach and drain it. Or I actually even squeeze it so all the liquid goes out. Mm -hmm. Then put that in with the seasonings. And then you can do Greek yogurt, which is good. And we always have lots of that. But if you are feeling really decadent, you get the full fat sour cream. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) The most recent one I did, I used the full fat sour cream. It's just a really yummy, savory thing. And I get salt and pepper potato chips with ridges to eat it with. Mm -hmm. And that's also crucial. So is it cold when you're eating it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We keep it in the fridge. Sounds delicious. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. Sarah, it's been great talking with you and with all of you listeners. Let us know if you have go-to meals we should add to our rotations, what you do on the nights when your life feels like too much to handle cooking, or anything else you want to share about feeding your family and yourself seven nights a week. You can find us on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We have been having so much fun doing this podcast, and one of the best parts has been connecting with our listeners. So true. One way you can help the show is to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show, and it also just makes our day whenever we see a new one. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Good thing we made such a detailed outline. I know. It's amazing. We're rocking it. (laughs) Good thing you procrastinated yesterday, so it's all filled in. Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, good and bad. It was was a rough day. I love... I run into that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to talk about beans. Keep doing it. Keep going. (laughs) I do not need to say what I was going to say. Do you ever run into that problem, Sarah? I do. I (laughs) don't do it. Just keep moving forward because I'm going to talk about it because I'm cooked the exact same thing for dinner that you did. (laughs) I love that we did that without planning. Okay. Hmm. What do I want to say that I haven't said already? (laughs) Um, I have the same dilemma. I'm like, I said the same thing three times. I know. That's how it was listening to us talk about Harry Potter, especially me. I was like, Lord, help me. For No, Abby, I kept just, saying, I love it. say it So once. good. So good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought with our current podcast. I'm sorry, friend. No, it's okay.
Did you not want to say our website? Yeah, I guess I didn't say that. I kind of thought as I went through. Because I was it's like, why fine. does it say you can only find us on Instagram? And so that's why I didn't say the also. Oh, good. I couldn't remember if you said that or not. I didn't say the also. You're so good at podcasting. I think it's fine this time not to say it. They probably know what our website is. Or not. Whatever. 